Welcome to Technovation, a weekly conversation with people who are shaping the technology landscape. I'm Peter High, president of MetaStrategy, advisor to technology executives, Forbes columnist, book author, and your host. Each episode of Technovation features insights from top executives and thought leaders at the intersection of business, technology, and innovation. If you like what you hear, we'd be grateful if you give us a rating on iTunes or through whatever other source you use for podcasts. And please subscribe so you don't miss a thing. Thank you. My guest today is Clay Johnson, who I'm pleased to welcome back to the broadcast. Clay is the Chief Digital and Technology Officer of Yum! Brands, a quick-serve restaurant conglomerate that earns roughly $5.5 billion in annual revenue. The company's brands include KFC, Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, and a variety of others. In this role, Clay oversees the company's global technology strategy, partners with the brands to create best-in-class digital journeys, and leads cross-brand efforts to accelerate the company's digital commerce strategy. His team also fosters the use of data, analytics, and emerging technologies to enhance the customer and employee experience. Clay is also the chair of the Global Technology Leadership Team and oversees Yum! Brands' global technology risk management and IT shared services teams. Prior to joining Yum! Brands, Clay was the Executive Vice President and Enterprise Chief Information Officer of Walmart. In this interview, Clay provides an overview of the Yum! Brands ecosystem, how the company delivers an excellent customer experience, and how the company has implemented customer feedback to deliver contactless payments. We also discuss Clay's perspective on the current pandemic, including how it has accelerated the company's digital journey, as well as Clay's view on the future of the mobile workforce post-pandemic. We discuss how agile thinking applies to operations and how switching from a project to a product mindset can accelerate product development and delivery. Finally, we discuss Clay's take on the evolution of the Chief Information Officer role and the innovation labs at Yum! Brands. Before we get to our interview, I wanted to introduce you to our sponsor, Zoho, and the company's president, Timothy Casby. Prior to taking on his current role, he was the Chief Information Officer of a number of companies, including Reliance Industries, Sears, Intrexon, and the Warehouse Group. He's now at Zoho, a most unusual enterprise software company, and wanted to share some perspectives from it. Timothy, take it away. The world we live in has changed dramatically, Peter, and our workplaces are following suit. Towards that, Zoho has released Back to Work app that lets you make your workplace transition a smooth one. Back to Work app can be downloaded from your favorite app store, and it is free to use until December 2020. It can be one place to manage all aspects of re-entry back to your office. Back to Work comes with modules that let management assess preparedness of facilities, health status of employees, and ensure that assets are deployed in a timely manner for cleanliness and sanitization during the heightened time of beating the virus. Employees can use the app to do self-assessment and contact tracing and also create service requests. All your communications about your company guidelines, best practices, can be sent right to the employees' phones. And lastly, there's volunteer modules that helps you organize and execute volunteer drives to give back to the community. We at Zoho have requested our employees to adopt someone who has lost everything during the pandemic, and many of our employees are doing that. We hope Back to Work app helps you and your employees make a smooth and healthy transition back to work. Thanks, Timothy. And now on to the interview. Clay Johnson, welcome to Technovation. It's great to speak with you again. Great to speak to you too, Peter. Yeah, thank you so much for your time. Well, Clay, I, I thought we'd begin with your your role. You're the Chief Digital and Technology Officer of Yum! Brands. And, and I wonder if you could take a moment and talk a little bit about your purview in that role. Yeah, you know, this is a um, um, good question, Peter. It's a new role for Yum!, which and I think it shows kind of the importance that you're seeing of technology across all industries and specifically in the QRC, QSR industry. And, you know, it's one of my main jobs here at Yum! is really 
how do we leverage the scale of young brands? So Peter, think about this for a minute. We have Pizza Hut, we have Taco Bell, we have um, um, the Habit Burger, which we just re- recently purchased. And, and you look at the ecosystem we have, we have 50,000 restaurants across 150 countries. So how do we leverage the scale across that whole ecosystem? And really, how do we take the accelerate the growth across the, you know, the customer, the team member, which is the people that work in our restaurants and also the restaurant experience for people that come inside of our stores? It's really an amazing role. And I think it's, um, you know, it's a fun place to work, but it's also important of how we've had to pivot a lot of our technology quickly in, in response to this coronavirus. And it shows the underlying importance of technology, like I said, in the QSR industry, but really across the whole, whole world. Yeah, that's interesting, Clay. And, and I'm, I'm curious, can, maybe you can give a brief overview uh, in the quick serve restaurant business, the QSR yeah. um, industry, and, and of course, more specifically, Yum Brands. Talk, talk a bit about your vision for digital in that space. Uh, you know, to the average user, they think, of course, about the product, uh, you know, visiting one of your restaurants, eating at one of your restaurants. But talk a bit about the way in which you, you foresee digital um, changing that experience or mod- modifying or enhancing that experience. Yeah, really. So the, one of the things I laid out was, how, you know, really a vision around how do we accelerate the growth by redefining the customer experience, the team member experience, and also our employee experience. And behind that, I kind of laid in four key priorities, which is we got to ensure we have the best in class digital customer journey, regardless of the channel they come in through, right? Either through mobile, you know, through the web. Now you have a lot of voice, voice ordering capabilities. You have a lot of ways to order food through a messaging platform like WhatsApp or text. And then the second one is how do we leverage our cross brands and take technology that we develop, for example, in Pizza Hut and apply it to KFC or Taco Bell or to Habit Burger. And that's around the globe. So utilizing this cross brand experimentation and applying it and scaling it out across our brands is kind of the second key priority. The third one is data and analytics, which I, you know, I think, Peter, we've talked about this before in a, re- in a previous interview, how important data analytics are. And we're really focused in on kind of three areas, marketing and operations and, and what we call site selection. So where is the best place to put the next restaurant? So using data and analytics to really home in on that, to making sure that we're giving our franchisees the best sites for the best economics moving forward. And the fourth one, um, which is important, is experimenting with kind of emerging technologies, innovations. Uh, we have a chief strategy officer who our partner really closely with, and recently he hired a um, vice president of innovation. So how do we take innovations and put them in a lab environment? You know, like it could be UV light, could be UV lights, could be voice order, and it could be voice to the drive-through. How do we take it from the lab environment, put it inside of a store, test it, learn from it, scale it across that brand, and then take it across those cross brands, which I was talking about a minute ago. But I think this innovation loop is super important. And we're seeing it even more accelerated through, um, you know, the coronavirus um, that we're going through here. This digital acceleration is picking up. And I think this in, these innovation labs are super important. And I'm sure you've seen examples of them as you talk to a lot of the CIOs across the, um, across the different companies. Yeah, it's really true. It's, it's been uh, a, an encouraging sign, the extent to which the, the great work done by CIOs, CDOs, CTOs, have really advanced things uh, and, and actually been major causes of resilience. Uh, in a lot of companies. Um, and I'd be curious actually to get your own perspective on that, Clay. As you point out, we were having this interview in the throes of the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, can you talk a bit about the role that the technology has played in in helping with the resilience of young brands? Yeah, it's actually been, um, <laughs> it's been amazing. We've had to pivot really quickly to kind of 
and you see the buzzword out there, contactless, right? So we've done contactless curbside. We've done contactless payments. We've done contactless delivery. Um, you know, it wasn't part of our digital journey. It probably was at some point of providing a better customer experience. But what that's done is basically accelerated everything to the left and said that we've got to do this stuff quicker and faster and better. So we really rolled out a lot of cool technologies, um, you know, across our brands. And one of the things that we have the advantage of is we can we can test in one brand and quickly apply it to another brand, or we can take learnings from other parts of the world, say like China, that was the first one impacted, but the first one that came out too. So what are the learnings from there and how do we apply it in the US or France or Russia? So we're able to take all these different learnings and quickly pivot and apply it to these different brands in other parts of the country to making sure that we're continuing to provide that really the best customer experience and making sure we're protecting the, um, the people that work inside the company and making sure that the people that eat at our restaurants, they're, they're, it's a safe environment for them to um, come back to. I want to also go back to the, this idea that you had of uh, one of your strategic pillars of engaging with customers. The, the way I'm describing you, let me know if I'm, I'm describing it uh, or yeah. recapping it incorrectly, uh, Clay, but basically having a variety of different channels through which uh, customers can engage with you. So rather than dictating to them, you must do so through your mobile phone, you must do so through our website, meeting them where they wish to be met. And I'm curious, can you talk, can you talk a little bit about the journey towards making that possible? Because that's, on the one hand, it sounds, I mean, it actually sounds wonderful. It, it, it's the customer in charge as to how they interact with your company. But there's a lot that's going on in the background in order to bring that to life. Can you talk a little bit about that, please? Yeah, there's a ton. And I always thought, you know, one of the things you have to focus on, obviously, is the customer. And you have to learn quickly. And one of the things I learned at Walmart was customer habits change very quickly. And you have to pivot and then really fell fast to, to be able to keep up with that consumer demand. So my view is always provide every channel that you can so customers can access your brand. Um, and the reason I say that is, I mean, you look at, you know, you could even break in different age groups, how my kids interact with one of our brands, um, like Taco Bell, which is their favorite, versus my parents who interact with KFCs a little bit differently. So the channel my kids go to, they would love the easiest way. Like, you know, is it mobile phone ordering or is it through a text message uh, where my parents prefer a little bit more of the app? So we're experimenting all these different um, different ways. Um, one of good examples in KFC Latin America, where you have some really small countries and you don't have a lot of stores in them. How do you still give access to people through a digital channel without having to stand up a full-blown e-commerce platform with a website for that local country? Using using things like uh, companies like TikTok, where you can actually do um, ordering through text messaging. Um, we've got it rolled out there. It works. It works great. And people love it. It's an easy way to access our brand. So basically, our view is is get through all the different channels. You know, people want to you know, jump in their car and use Siri to order a pizza, or if people want to be in Latin America and order it through a text message. What's nice is we're able to take these learnings, like I was saying earlier, from different countries um, that are um, sometimes growing very quickly in the digital channels and apply them to other areas and continue to scale that out across the globe. And it sounds like uh, you were mentioning earlier that you, you for, for across multiple posts of yours as, as a chief information officer or a, or a technology executive, you've learned the sanctity of remaining in close touch with customers, generally speaking, to understand how their 
um, how their preferences are evolving over time. And it sounds like you do yes. some of that yeah. in, in, in some markets and then draw learnings to other markets. So you mentioned 150 countries in which you're doing business, but doubt there's a lot of opportunity for that experimentation. Um, can you talk a bit about you know, how you get that voice of the customer and how you engage with them yeah. to understand that evolution? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a great, great example. So, um, for example, in Pizza Hut right now, where we have, um, we've done contactless delivery. What we heard was, and we saw customers still wanted to go to the store to pick up. And it's either people just wanted to get out of the house for a minute or, you know, they were always used to just to driving by either after work and picking up the pizza. So it was like, how do we offer contactless pickup? So we thought about that for a minute. And the first thing we rolled out was what we called contactless curbside, where you roll up to the, basically order your pizza online, you drive to the store. And the first iteration that we did, Peter, was when you got to the store, you basically called and the person, team member in the store brought the pizza out, put it in your trunk and you left. So no contact through a payment, but still, a, but still you had to call the store. So we heard from customers and say, we want to make that a little bit easier. So what we did is we added texting capability or basically the, when I arrived at the store, the team member knows I'm there and they bring out the pizza, put it in your trunk and you leave. And we're continuing to iterate on that and listen to all of our customer feedback through digital channels, through feedback, through surveys, and continually to improve that experience um, to make it better and better and exactly what customers want. And I think that's really important is you have to listen to the customer feedback. But, you know, my, my view has always been kind of you roll the MVPs out, you fell fast, you learn from the customer, take those customer feedback loops and apply it back into the product and continue to release products to get better and better and better over time. You, you also talked about that those innovation labs that you've put together in collaboration yes. with your chief strategy officer. And it sounds like there's a lot of experimentation naturally that's happening through that as well. Um, can I ask you, how do you, or, or, or is there a, a method easily described in terms of pointing them in one direction versus another? Is there, is it, um, you know, take the trends that are rising and play around with them, but then translate them back to our strategy uh, or is it, you know, is the strategy sort of being fit to what you're learning from uh, that experimentation process? It, it's kind of both. It's kind of both, Peter. So what we take um, and we actually have our innovation laid out in kind of a four by four grid that which lays out innovation and then some of the stuff that might be further out. Um, but we lay that out. But we also do a lot of experimenting. A lot of it's tied to the strategy. Um, some of it might not necessarily be like, for example, you know, as we live in this pandemic, one of the things we started looking at now is like UV lights. How do we provide making sure that we provide a safe environment for, you know, our team members that work in our store and our customers that visit them. So that wasn't necessarily tied in our strategy, but it was tied into the fact that we always have provided a, the iconic brands have always provided this um, uh, well-known place that they feel safety at, but we're just extra, laying on an extra layer of things like UV lights contactless, um, you know, payments. So there's nobody touching a credit card reader. Could they be through Apple pay? Um, it could be through customer search or credit card, but nobody ever touches anything. So we've done a lot of that and we're starting to see a lot more of this experimentation come out of it. We're doing stuff like, um, analyzing voice recordings to the drive through so we can provide better analytics and truly understand what our customers want. And what we found was through a recent one was as they were going through one of our brands, people were asking for something that we no longer offer. So the question might come back is, should we put that back on our menu? Because we saw a big, a pretty good amount of people asking for this certain food that we didn't offer anymore that we discontinued off the menu. So it allows us to listen to customers in a different way and do a lot of this analyzing through like things like data, but we can 
apply it in a lab setting and test it on a few stores. And if we like it and we want to do it and scale it bigger, we'll put it in more stores and scale it out across all the brands. So it's a pretty interesting setup that we've done. And um, it's a nice partnership to have this, you know, chief of strategy officer and then a um, head of innovation that's doing that. And that's all they think about day in and day out is innovating. We're doing a lot of thinking robotics, um, automation, IOT, um, a lot more stuff with cameras. Um, how do we apply that to provide a better customer experience? You know, for example, you go through a Taco Bell, you see a long line sometime the drive through. How do we use camera technology to provide a, cut, a faster experience to the drive through? Um, that's the stuff that we're working on and we'll continue to innovate. But it's nice to have somebody that just thinks about innovation day in and day out. Talk a bit about your team. Um, how have you, so, so I should also mention, this is the first time you've carried the chief digital and technology officer role. You've been a CIO in prior posts. Um, right. And talk a bit about, you know, how you've, how you've staffed. Obviously, you've got a lot of staff that pre, predates your time there, but how you thought about the evolving needs um, across now your eight months in the, in the organization. You know, what sorts of skills are rising in importance? Uh, mm-hmm. And which ones do you think are sort of becoming less important than they traditionally were? Right. Maybe I'll give you um, some idea on how the team structured, which will feed right into the um, to that question. So if you look at how how the team is structured, we got the four brands: Taco Bell, Pizza, KFC, and Habit Burger. So really, all that customer facing work, um, and also have a platform team. We're building out a new e commerce and point of sale system that we will we'll take to all the brands. So having one common um, platform that goes across the globe will be super important for us. Also embedded in that platform team is our data analytics team, which I talked about a minute ago. And then the third piece of my job is also have all the internal technology, which is like your cybersecurity, um, you know, or email, your traditional technology IT functions. And the last job I have, um, Peter, is I'm also the uh, currently the interim CIO for Pizza Hut. So... The, um, the person left, we're looking to backfill that right now. But in the meantime, I'm filling in and um, helping out Pizza Hut. So, so kind of an interesting ecosystem of roles there. But um, one of the main things that I've seen grow probably in the last you know three, three years or so is the importance of these kind of product managers. People that really own and think about the product um, and not just traditional IT products, but you know, think about the, the product. And, and if you look at the, a lot of people ask, how do, you, how do you define a product or how do you break it down? The best way to do it is you look at the customer journey. So you look at the customer journey and how they shop, how they come in, say they want to order a pizza. You think about homepage being a product. You could think about cart being a product or pizza builder being a product. These are the owners that are helping define the roadmap and the speed that we need to be able to move. But it's kind of like I was telling them earlier, we have a person focused on innovation. These product managers are focused on one part of the customer journey and optimizing that customer journey the best they can ever get. And you kind of go back in time, Peter, it was nearly like um, in manufacturing where you had these, and like in the TMS Toyota system where they had these different stations. Each station got optimized to the fullest extent, the product journey is kind of the same way. How do you provide the best experience in each one of these products? And then you put it all together and you really create this world-class experience. That's, I think that's one of the most important roles that I see growing right now. I think obviously that in analytics um, has risen to the top over the years. Cybersecurity, I think is there. It's always going to be there. Um, I think some of the lesser roles that I'm seeing are your traditional kind of project managers that are focused more on waterfall um, that haven't moved to this agile um, world or product world that we're living in. I also think some of the, um, you know, just traditional type IT roles 
are starting to change very quickly because of the cloud. So your traditional infrastructure networking groups where you owned and had all your own data centers, those all moved to the cloud. So the people that had those, those skills have had to evolve to providing connectivity back into these cloud environments and working with all types of new services they've never worked with before. So you've seen this change in the last five years, you know, and, and you can look at technology acceleration in general, the speed which is accelerating, you know, seems to be doubling every year. Um, you know, it used to be every 10 or 15 years, and now you're starting to see it happen um, every couple times a year, basically, where technology is evolving so fast that it's disrupting all types of business models. And these new roles are going to be important for everybody to be able to keep up with this, um, you know, new world that we're living in. And how, how is the team distributed? Uh, do you have technology centers in different places of, of key importance to you? Is it, is it more broad? Um, and actually, also, if you don't mind my asking, Clay, uh, do, do you feel as though there's going to be any change in the future in light of some of the learnings from the current experience where we're all fo- forced to, uh, to operate virtually and from our homes? Yeah, I'd say we're um, very distributed. Um, you know, our core base in the U.S. would be in our um, Plano office. Then we have one in Louisville, and then we have Taco Bell, which is headquartered in California. Um, we have Habit Burger, which is headquartered in California. We also have a global operations. You know, we work in 150 countries, so the the teams in general are very distributed. Um, I would say a lot of the core sits in the U.S., but we have a lot sits in the markets too around the globe that really help us with the kind of localization of the products that we roll out. So we roll products out and these local teams will help us sometimes customize it to a language or um, to that specific market need, but very globally distributed. Um, The second part of your question, Peter, on this um, work from home, you know, I think you're, um, you know, in all the articles you read and kind of how we're thinking, you know, I think you're going to see this continue for a while. I think people have learned um, that you can get a lot done in productivities. Uh, you know, I had a friend of mine that lived in New York City and he's like, wow, you know, I used to commute, you know, an hour, hour and a half each way into work. And I didn't realize that um, I didn't need to do that every day. The productivity that I gained by saving three hours a day, being able to, you know, emails or customer calls or, you know, work on other things, the productivity, I think, has actually increased a lot. And, um, you know, if the world ever goes back to where you're going to the office, it might be more of a hybrid environment where people are working a few days from home and then a few days in the office just to get that in-person experience. But I think this has changed, um, you know, permanently. We kind of went from one guardrail to the other, and I think now we're going to go back somewhere in the middle. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I also am curious, uh, you, you now, Clay, have been a, a CIO at um, uh, GE Power. Uh, you were the chief information officer, as you alluded to earlier, at Walmart. Uh, before becoming chief digital technology officer at Yum Brands, so three kind of iconic brands uh, in in very different industries, uh, and I'm curious if you can reflect on your you know decade or so as uh, as a, a CIO as a tech exec as to how the role um, has evolved uh, and how you see value being created from the technology function different today than perhaps when you first rose to, uh, to, 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 to achieve level, uh, in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, that's good. I think it's a, an interesting question because I do believe the, the role in technology, either being CIO, CDO, CTO, whatever it may be, um, or basically everybody in technology organization, I think it's changed so much in the last five to seven years with the, you know, onslaught of the clouds, um, come up. Um, where people have shifted a lot of their data centers in the cloud, which has actually allowed um, a lot of advantages to things like we talked about earlier for work from home, where, you know, all these video communications can scale very quickly when you're in the cloud. That's a big pivot. The data, 
um, the roles have changed so much where now it's become less about the internal IT and more about the customer. And I think you used to see, it was probably four or five years ago, Peter, you remember the trend where you had a CIO and you had a CDO. I think you remember that kind of split or that trend that was happening. Yep. And I think what's happened is you've seen the last probably two years, those two roles nearly merge back together where you have one technology leader focused on the whole technology environment. And there's a lot of benefit to that because you can move talent around easier, but you can also apply a lot of the learnings that you see from external customers back into your employee experience. So thinking about the, the employee experience, like you think about the customer experience is really important because your employees are your number one asset and making sure that they're as productive as they can with the right tools is really important for making sure you continue to grow the company and making sure you have a great culture that people want to work in. And, and does it represent a culture change? Has it in your current role, for instance, uh, within an IT organization that I have to imagine, at least historically, was more internal, operational focused, as you described, most IT departments were, towards one that's mm-hmm. geared more towards serving the end customer as well? Is that, is there, are there active aspects that you've undertaken in order to sort of turn the culture a bit to reflect that better? Yeah, I mean, I've, one of the things I've always thought, and um, I've said it through various companies I work at, we always work, we all work at the same company. We're all after the same mission. Um, so I, th- I do think there is a blend there, um, Peter, absolutely, that, that overlaps between the customer and the employee. Um, that, that I think you'll see that trend continue as you see the kind of the roles start to merge from the traditional IT to the customer and the, uh, the roles really starting to come together. We did a lot of that at Walmart. Um, and that, that evolution at Walmart's continued. You're seeing it at Yum Brands. I'm seeing it across a lot of the other peer sets um, that, that are peers out there in the industry. Um, they're CIO, CDOs now. One of the areas that you highlighted when you talked about the evolution of technology and skills was the emergence of this uh, product-centric model versus the traditional right. project-centric model. Can you talk a bit about that and how that has sort of come online for you um, and the advantages of, of going into a product centric operating model? Yeah, I think the product model um, is, is very important. It's evolved a little bit over, over the last couple of years where, you know, I'll just give you a few examples here where you think about, when you think about our traditional IT top project, you always thought about in a waterfall you had, you know, three months from now, you deliver something, six months, you deliver. Now you're starting to see them in two-week cycles. You know, I'll give you some examples that, that I talked about earlier. We pivoted to contactless, right? So we think about contactless um, nearly as a product. And now that sounds a little bit odd, but I'll explain a little bit in that is what we did is we took learnings from different areas and started to scale those out. So for example, in Pizza Hut, we took that contactless curbside and now we're taking it to Taco Bell and KFC. But just in general, as we've had to pivot quickly, this product model has provided a lot of value. And what I said earlier, where that new buzzword around contactless, just to give you some data here, Peter, in KFC, which we have about 24,000 stores around the globe, 90% of the markets are now contactless. So you think about that. That's happened in the last couple months. Incredible. In Pizza we have 18,000, I think 500 stores, give or take. We're contactless in 90 plus countries. Think about, I mean, that's an unbelievable. And just in the US, 60% of our online orders are contactless and 30% of our curbside carryouts are contactless. So you think about how quickly that's happened 
And I think that product model, because you have these product owners, which are truly focused on that experience versus it being a project, they're focused on this product and we're iterating in two, one to two week sprint cycles and getting it out, making it better over time, pushing it, making it better, listen to the customers, taking that feedback loop and pushing the, um, the product out continually. So I think this product model where people are working these agile DevOps models are, are super important. And, you know, that's the only, I mean, you have, you have to be fast now to compete. And, you know, I always talked about it. I think one of our previous interviews is fell fast. Um, you know, I think you have to be fell fast, but in a smart way. And uh, I think the DevOps agile and product model fits right into that thinking where you can continue to get products out quicker versus the traditional IT waterfall type project. Yeah, totally makes sense. You, you've highlighted a number of trends that you and the team are working on from better use of cameras, data analytics. Uh, you mentioned some related to cybersecurity. You've just been talking about this product-centric model as, a, as an additional trend you're riding uh, appropriately. Yeah. Um, as you look to the future, Clay, are there other trends that particularly excite you? Say you're looking two or three years out. What are some things that are particularly um, exciting as you, as you contemplate that? Yeah, yeah. You know, I always thought trends are hard to predict, but I think you can directionally kind of get there. And, um, you know, obviously I think, you know, data, um, AI, stuff like that's always going to um, be on the trend list for the next couple of years. I think you're starting to see a lot more with the combination of AI with voice and, and, and camera with video. So you're starting to see that trend pick up a lot. But here's an interesting trend that I saw, Peter, that that I haven't seen before. And I think it's pretty interesting. You're going to see it go across other industries is applying that agile thinking to the operations. Um, so basically what it is, these operations groups are starting to learn from the technology teams around how to pivot really quickly and work in this product agile type model. So the operations teams are now working in this agile mode. I haven't seen that before in widespread use, but I'm starting to see it pick up more and more. We're starting to see it in our brands where the operations teams are truly working in agile mode. You know, for example, when we started doing contactless delivery in Pizza Hut, the first thing we did was, you know, we wanted to make sure the box was sealed. So we put a plastic bag around it. Okay, that wasn't really potentially the best experience, but it was still contactless. The second iteration we put on there is we put a seal on the box so you knew that it was um, completely sealed and nobody had tampered with it. And now we've added a third layer into it where um, instead of just drop, dropping it off on the person's door and it's sitting there, we have a little pizza stand that we put the pizza on. So when the customer comes to pick up their pizza, the stand there, they pick the pizza off and then the driver picks the stand and takes off. So that iteration right there from you know, the, the plastic wrapping to the seal to the, um, to the stand is an agile way of working the same way we do technology projects. So I think you're starting to see some of this concept spread into other parts of uh, businesses. Yeah, it's very interesting. Well, Clay Johnson, it's always a, always a pleasure to speak with you. I appreciate you taking time, sharing a bit about your, your now still relatively new role at Yum, a bit about your career more generally speaking, and where you see this business going, especially with digital transformation towards the future. That's been a great conversation as usual. So thank you. Yeah, thank you, Peter. I appreciate it. Look forward to uh, talking again. Thanks for tuning in. Please join me on Thursday when my guest will be Reed Hoffman, the co-founder and former chief executive officer of LinkedIn and a partner at Greylock Partners.